Ulysses, are you ready for another midweek mailbag? Let's do it. Let's pick three from the mailbag virtual bag. That's one way to put it. Hey, (laughs) we love the interaction from the listeners, and we reward that interaction by answering your questions on the podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, what we're trying to do once a week, middle of the week, is a mailbag episode, mailbag segment for segments. And uh, we have a couple great questions that will... Uh, get from the listeners here. Let's dive right into it. This first one from Joshua Garner. He posits to us question. Could the Rays management be part of the issue with so many of our great pitching prospects? They love their five and dive so much. So they make them focus too much on just to pitches to get through those five innings. What say you two gentlemen? I, I think it's it's it goes way deeper than that, okay. Josh. I, I think it goes uh, way before that. The development from the guys in minor leagues, I, I think this is a, a baseball shift, not an actual um, team-specific shift uh, towards... It's basically throw your best nasty stuff as hard as you can all the time. And when you get tired, yeah. you get tired. I think that's the philosophy now because they think that that is actually going to be the way to win if you just throw out the nastiest stuff, most powerful stuff out. Every pitch at max, every time, it doesn't matter if you only last four or five innings. So I don't think it's uh, – I mean, I'm sure the front office is behind them and, and this philosophy, but I don't think right. it's race specific. I think, I think this is – it's permeated – across baseball so no i don't think the front office of the race is like the the puppeteer of all mlb i think this is actually a a major issue across all teams right i think although the rays are part of it with implementing the opener strategy i think that certainly what they do with the five and dive has permeated through the rest of baseball but the overarching theme of let's just get guys that throw nasty stuff maybe don't have a lot of pitch ability, but uh, just use the guys that throw, you know, 98 and a slider. They don't know where it's going and, and roll them out there. And, and also the, there's, there's some valid uh, points to this of giving a team that you're facing a bunch of different looks, having them face instead of two or three pitchers, having them face six, seven, eight pitchers, a different look every time through the order. And I think the Rays are part of that, but they're certainly not the only ones part of that. I mean, bullpenning is now becoming uh, a use throughout all of baseball. And let's also consider this. Um, 
you know, the Rays aren't like other teams where they're not, um, you know, not, not every other team goes out and, and actively or, or doesn't really try to bring back Charlie Morton or tries to trade a Blake Snell. Um, and also, you look at the Rays dynamic of, of pitching staff is, as far as starters go. Isn't it, for the most part, it's like either really young guys or really old guys? Is that what they have for the most part? Uh, so for the last few years, yeah, not right on the uh, on the nail there, yeah, yeah. So it's not like they've got guys in their system that they've been able to work and tweak for six, seven, eight years. And you know, I, I think I know it's still early, and part of the, you know, we we joke around that hey, Shane McClanahan hasn't even gotten through five innings yet. I mean, this is still sort of an extended spring training with the ramp up period. I yes. think eventually he will be going above five and five and a third and five and two thirds. Like there's going to be a day this season where he gets to the six inning mark. I would think. Um, also, you know, the, the the guy that usually goes deep into games, Tyler Glass. Now he's no longer uh, part of the equation. Shane Baugh is a guy that we think can go deep into games. He's injured. So that's, that's a couple guys right there. You know, the Rays have traded. It's not like the, the Rays have a lot of, I mean, they, they also traded Joe Ryan and Matt Liebertor. So, Oh no, don't, don't fall into that. Don't fall uh, into that because I know that Twitter space has been all like, Oh my no, God, no, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying okay. that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's as far as the, these great pitching prospects, who are they? Tommy Romero, well, is that a guy that you're expecting to, to go five or six deep? No, I mean, I, I think I want to hit on something you said earlier with the different looks. The three times through the order penalty, that's a real thing. I mean, just pitchers right. are going to get hit, hit harder. Pitchers are going to get fatigued. So the, the third time through the order, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for that pitcher on the mound. And yeah. that has just been not proven like it, it it is so so that's why the five and dive kind of makes sense if it's if they haven't been hit around and and they've gotten the the, the particular outs the 15 outs to to get out and, and go to the bullpen so that's one of the theories of why they do this the other one which you alluded to with saying nasty stuff Eno Saris put out an, a great article I think uh, maybe within this month where it you know, he has this stat called stuff plus how nasty right. stuff actually is and location plus how good the location, the command and control is for a certain pitcher. Basically the, the, the thesis is that you would rather have a pitcher with not so good location, command and control, but nastier stuff because you're right. going to get whiffs and chases better than a guy who can locate command and control very well the, the the strike zone, the pitches, but doesn't have nasty stuff. So ergo, that's what is happening. You're throwing guys out there with really nasty stuff going max at every yeah. pitch, avoiding the two the three times through the order penalty, and that's why you get the kind of race baseball that we have seen lately. Yeah. And also, I mean, we can't fault the Rays for having terrific bullpen construction and how they deploy those guys and, and working the matchups to the best of their ability. I do think there's going to be a point where maybe the rubber meets the road, especially if uh, guys in the bullpen keep going down with injuries, be it Pete Fairbanks and JT Chabot and so forth. But uh, and I don't know how much of this this is just something that, you know, I think off the top of my head is if there is this ethos and philosophy out there of okay we're 
you're never really going to have much of an opportunity to get beyond five innings. It's it's basically going to be four, four and a third, four and two thirds and go. You wonder if pitchers within the organization are thinking, well, why am I going to invest the time and effort to develop and, and hone and craft a third and fourth pitch? I mean, if they're not going to invest in me to let me spread my wings, why am I going to in turn go and, and really put in that extra effort if they're just going to deploy me in a certain way? Wow, that, that's a valid point, and I'm sure that um, some pitchers might have that uh, go through their head. But then again, let's red team this. Uh, who has the most pedigree and reputation of really good developmental um, uh, of, of a pitching factory? It's the race. Right. So also when you have those thoughts in your head, you're like, well, but they have been really successful with other guys that might not have my stuff. That not might, might not have my location. Again, these guys are yeah. competitors, so they think that they can do it better than others. So, when that thought enters their head of like, why should I? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? When they look around and say, "Well, it's because they've been successful," so I should maybe listen. Uh, I think that that gets eroded a little bit, and 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 they get back on track uh, again. The pedigree, the reputation is there for the race and their devel- developmental uh, of really good pitching uh, throughout the years. Yeah. Since 08, they've been really on it. So I understand that human you know, question right. of like, why should I do this? But I think that gets eroded rather quickly. Yeah, I, I just think that, and I know why Josh is bringing up this question, but just look at the dynamic of this current roster with the, the pitching step. Who, who do you really trust on this rotation right now to go beyond five? Honestly, Rasmussen was the first guy to do it against the White Sox on what was it on Friday? So yeah, he's he the was first lucky guy. Wasn't he was lucky that uh, you know they weren't playing in July in the Windy City instead of April? Just saying. So yeah, no, a hundred percent. So he was the first guy after what seven games. It's it, it's it's a different brand of baseball. But again, I don't think we should just say, well, this is what it's going to be baseball now. Again, twenty twenty two is odd just like 2021 was and just like 2020 was because this time around the spring training was cut short. And, and so April is kind of extended spring training. That's what we're dealing with. Right. Every time you're watching race baseball, because you're a race fan, because you're listening to locked on race and you're subscribing to that YouTube channel. Um, you gotta know they're going to baby them for the rest of April. That's what we're, that's what we're going to have to, 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 to deal with quote on air quotation. That's what we have to deal with is the babying of, of starting pitchers. And maybe even longer than April, considering all the guys that have gone down with injuries on the pitching staff. Like maybe it's like, uh, maybe let's patina has gone down. Yarbrough has gone down. This guy's gone down. This guy's gone down. Let's really be careful with all of this. Mm. So, uh, good question from Josh. Uh, I, I hope that answers it to some extent. Um, again, I wouldn't expect the Rays to suddenly, you know, have a bunch of James Shields in that rotation, but it's, you know, the dynamic of the pitching staff there, you know, not, I go back to it. Not every team just sort of willingly moves off of uh, Charlie Morton and a Blake Snell. If those guys were part of the equation, and Tyler Glass now is healthy, I think you'd see a lot lot more, oh, okay, it's cool to see that guy going six and a third, six and two thirds. I'm yeah, just saying. exactly. Mother's Day is coming up, so mark the celebration with something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more on BlueNile.com. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off $500. 
This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right. Uh, what else do we have in the mailbag there? Uh, this next one is from Cody Glazer. He says, uh, I loved his subject line. He goes, please talk me off the ledge. Mailbag in parentheses. He says, uh, hey, locked on folks. I did exactly what you all said not to do and brutalized myself by watching most of the Oakland series. Please talk me off the ledge if you can but I'm just not jazzed about her offense. Wander, Bilal, and Randy are going to be what they're going to be, but I don't think the rest of our lineup scares anyone. How far can we possibly get with Harold Ramirez as our number three hitter? And with our constant pitching injury woes, are we about to get fourth place this season? Please tell me I'm wrong. Thanks for the great pod, Cody. Well, first of all, Cody, thank you so much for writing to us and for listening. And I know you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, so thanks for that. Um, what do you think about what Cody's saying? Is Are we just depending on what Wander, Randy, and Bilal are going to be for the rest of the season? Does anybody else scare you in this lineup if you weren't a race fan? I mean, to some extent, I think it's way way too early just to say that hey the rays are going to finish in fourth place in the division like again this is a 162 game season this is this is not a 60 game season but let's be frank let's be honest let's be upfront about all of this the rays did and no longer have three all-stars on uh their position player or lineup whatever you want to say no joey wendell no nelson cruz no austin meadows i expect and I think we've already started to see a step back from Mike Zanino. And I think that the Rays were sort of understanding and realizing, yeah, we're going to lose some thump in the lineup. So let's really try. Let's make a legit, legit case to try to land Freddie Freeman. I think that was all part of the equation because if they landed Freddie Freeman, they would be extremely in a much, much better place. Now, I also, as you like to say, your your red team uh, phrase, which I don't even know if I know what that means. Is that uh, like a political thing? And well, I, I saw it from. Did you ever watch the that uh, that HBO show called uh, Newsroom? Uh, I've heard of it, but I I think I might have watched an episode. Never really watched well, Jeff it. Daniels. It's really good, and it's you know about a newsroom. And so what they say is uh, basically when you bring in an idea to like like a news whatever um there there's a red team that needs to poke holes into okay. your story and see if you have the evidence to back it up basically you're the red team you're 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 poking holes at that story devil's advocate would be right. probably a good synonym okay understood um and look the at the things you learn on locked on race podcast people it's not just about baseball we give you entertainment and little trivia things like that that is very interesting and again <laughs> I think it's almost unfair to compare what the Rays did in 2021 to this season. 2021 for the Rays offensively was historic. They finished second in all of baseball yeah. in runs scored. They were tied for sixth in home runs. They were 10th in OPS. That doesn't, the, the Rays aren't really known for that 
generally. So I think there's yeah. naturally going to be a step back in addition to no longer having Cruz, Meadows, et cetera. And um, this, you look at the dynamic of this team right now, you have rookies and new players trying to find their footing. So there might be some learning on the job where, you know, a Taylor Walls, a Harold Ramirez in April might not be the same as in, you know, September or August. And let's, I, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but the Rays schedule to start the season, uh, they, they start at the Trop, which isn't the most Homer friendly ballpark. And then they go to the Windy City in April, uh, where balls aren't necessarily flying outside the ballpark, like, you know, Yankee Stadium or, or Coors Field or something like that. So, that's um, that, I think the the offense the the offense is absolutely going to take a step back, but at the end of the day, it's all about runs scored. I would think, and I think the Rays are going to be able to score. Definitely not finish second in the league in in all of baseball and runs scored, but they will find a way to play to cross guys by using their athleticism more with the extra base hits, taking the extra base, stolen bases, eking out infield singles, so on and so forth. I just don't think the power numbers uh, and the the slug numbers will necessarily reflect that. I hope, if you're a race fan, that you enjoyed the hell out of 2021 in that offense because, again, historic, the best that lineup has ever been, the, the thickest, the deepest lineup we have ever seen just by the performances and, and names alone. 2021 was very, very special. 2022 will be taking a step back. Now, is it going to take a step back to the offenses of 2013, 2011, 2014? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be better than that, but we right. should be expecting a drop-off in production. Again, when you take out a Nelson Cruz and you take out an Austin Meadows and you take out a Joey Wendell from the equation and you're putting Taylor Walls, Josh Lowe, and Harold Ramirez, yes, I'm expecting good things from those three from those three guys, from Harold, mm-hmm. from Josh, and from Taylor. I, th- I think they're going to be good major league players. The thing is, it's can their combined production equal what joey wendell austin meadows and nelson cruz would have done and the answer i think for most race fans at least in 2022 should be no hell i don't think so i don't think right like let's i i honestly want to put a twitter poll on this because i feel like nobody's you know somebody likes to play contrarian so they would be like yes i do expect more from waltz josh and harold yeah i think we know who that would be too wendell you know like guys there's there's just and that's okay and that's okay i think like you said they're going to be a little bit more athletic they're going to be a little bit more fleet of foot on the base paths um and that might be a a different kind of run production that they're going to be doing in 2022 but yeah uh cody just like kevin said too early for fourth place anxiety and fears um we haven't even played uh 10 games so it'll be fine as of this recording, this will be dropping uh, midweek. But again, like oh, Josh Lowe right now might be a different Josh Lowe when he has 350 at-bats under his belt. Yes, yes. That's something that has to be considered. These players just aren't stagnant, stay the same, especially young players. Like Wander Franco, again, those first couple of weeks in the season into now what he is, it's night and oh. day. Not saying Josh yeah. Lowe is going to have that transformation, but it takes time. Just like, and I, and I know we joked about it on the 
the prop bet episode, like it's, it's very hard for a rookie player to have an OPS above 770. Now I know Kevin. Josh Lowe very well could do that, but that's, you know, I, I just Two think that's here. Go ahead. Two things here. 771 was Nate Lowe's 2021 OPS. I looked that up and I was like, hmm, maybe that, that, that was actually a really good prop bet okay. because I want him to have that number uh, as a brother. Like, well, I'm going to be better than my was brother. Was he an everyday player? Was he being used as an everyday player? Last many- year, I think Nate, what, Nate was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had like, I mean, a regular player in 2021 means a yeah. whole different thing than when we grew up. But that's one thing. The other thing is I want to put you on the spotlight in your personal life right now. Not too mm-hmm. much, but... Have you ever been new at a job? Yeah. You have. Is Absolutely. it is it is it odd when you are there as the new guy in in the first month than when you're there for 5 months at that job? 100% because it it takes some learning and it takes oh it it doesn't take me 2 hours to do this thing that normally should only take 5 minutes. Exactly. So, that's yeah. the same thing that Josh Lowe is doing, guys. So just, uh, just yeah. it takes some time. Taylor Walls takes some time. Harold Ramirez takes some time. Just, just we have to be patient. We yeah. shouldn't have been patient last year, honestly. We should have been expecting a lot from those guys, and they delivered because right. they had been there for a while. But with these guys, we have to, you know, put the brakes in a little bit and just exercise that virtue called patience yeah and i know it's disappointing because the rays struck out on freddie freeman and they lost three all-stars and then you look at the division and you see that the blue jays add matt chapman and the red sox add trevor story and the yankees add josh donaldson it's like uh, the rays added harold ramirez that's that's what we did ryan healy who they ended up releasing in spring training so uh, and then who was the other guy, Luke Rayleigh. So that's who they, you know, try to go to bat for. So anyway, I get it. I think that the Rays, they will be fine in the end, but, um, just, Hey, savor that 2021 season, <laughs> savor those yeah. hundred wins. Look, look back at those highlights, if you will. And you know, if the, if the Rays offense continues to reel through the first couple months, there's something called the trade deadline where the Rays yeah. could go out and make a play or two. So that's always Which they felt like they needed to do last year with Nelson Cruz, and they did it, and they pulled the trigger. And I know some people are like, oh, well, you know, we guys, that was a good trade. That was a oh, good trade. Oh, it was a great trade. trade. It, was, uh, it was an awesome trade. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't fault them at all for that. It's it's always hindsight 2020. Well, now that the Rays have a bunch of pitching yeah. injuries, now it's like, where where's that Joe Ryan character? So, mm-hmm. no, I get that. I get that totally. Most candy bars are around 200 and 300 calories. Built bars are not. Most built bars contain 130 to 180 calories and a bunch of protein too, sometimes even as much as 15 to 17 grams in protein. So it's really, really good for you and they're delicious, covered in 100 percent real chocolate so what you have to do today is go to built.com and when you go to built.com you're going to choose all of your favorite flavors and use promo code locked 15 that will get you 15 percent off your order so today go to built.com choose all your favorite flavors then use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off at built.com um, okay, this uh, this last question that we'll uh, go through today. This is an interesting one. Um, gotta maybe give me some uh, reprieve on the name pronunciation here. Alahan Lamont 
Kuglo, I guess is that maybe the the best way to uh, put it there. Yeah, Alahan from Istanbul. See, we're worldwide. On worldwide, raise. We're, uh, we're we're just like Pitbull, man. Worldwide, Mister Worldwide. Yeah, I no. uh, I'd love to know what time Rays games start in Istanbul. What uh, I the time could give you for that. seven hours, eight hours, maybe. So okay, that so would be what seven plus seven. That'd be fourteen. So what two a.m. in the morning? Oof, oof. Better work the night shift there. You know, check <laughs> the highlights or something like that. But anyway, uh, Alahan says hi, guys. Hello from Istanbul. Long time listener, first time question asker. I come to think the Rays this season seem to lack power. Yeah, we discussed that. Uh, is it because shifts are banned and management wants the team to be more athletic in order to help defense? Question mark. Um, is it Alihan? 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 You're asking the wrong guy. I have not I'm been outside with, the, the country. I'm going to go with Alihan. You blooded me, actually, but. Oh, there you go. I'm with Ali Han. Thank you so much for listening to us, man, from all the way in Istanbul, Turkey. That is one of the coolest um, uh, things that we, we, we've gotten from, from listeners yeah. around the Fun world. In fact, uh, it's actually easier to get to Istanbul than to drive across the bridge to get to St. Pete. <laughs> I've heard that from multiple people. I didn't know where you were going with, but I'm glad that that was the plot twist. Yeah. Um, Alihan, um, I do think that they're going a little bit more athletic. And we had seen that happen since like 2017, the draft, Mm -hmm. the 2018 draft. And we had talked about it since the beginning of this podcast, which was established on June 10th, 2019. We were talking about they were going a little bit more into athletic guys, athletic drafts. There was a glut of middle infield guys. So I, I now think that that's where they they knew that the banning of shifts would happen, and they wanted to get more of these types of players. Now, the shift is not banned this yeah. time around. It, it'll right. it'll that'll happen next year. So I, it it doesn't make sense, you know, that um, the power is not there because of the shifts this year. But I it'll be really interesting to see how the offense of a lot of teams that are depending on that that'll shift. But I think, honestly, it'll just gain guys like Joey Gallo, Austin Meadows, Brendan Lau, a little bit more uh, uh, of an oomph in their in their offensive net numbers because there won't be a guy playing short right field anymore. And right. so that those hits are going to start dropping. You're, you're going to see offense rise a little bit more in those guys. The problem is, is that the guys, don't, the, the race don't have those Joey Gallos. You know, they don't have... those types of players you know so i wouldn't i wouldn't just hope till next year to see that offensive uh prowess work that way for the race i don't know if you see it the same way kevin question do you think part of this rule change of banning shifts is sort of like a um plea or it's it's a way to appease the big market teams that have the Joey Gallows and the John Carlos Stanton's the, the high price franchises that pay for these big sluggers and free agency to say, Hey, come on, help us out here. Is that part of it? And also to, I mean, obviously get more action within the game, but it seems like um, this is almost a anti raise rule to some extent. 
I'm glad you said that because it's exactly what that feels like. It's yeah. exactly what that feels just like it it felt like when they said, Oh, a reliever can only pitch to three guys and then can get yeah. taken out. And so the, it uh, seemed a little bit against what the Rays were trying to do. And you know what? In the next CBA, when they said, well, a starter can, a, a, a pitcher who starts a game must uh, <laughs> complete five if they don't complete, complete five and then they lose their designated hitter, something along those lines. Something along the lines so that they, they, you don't use an opener and then you don't use a bulk guy. Like it does seem like they would appease the bigger markets that are paying for the Joey Gallows and, and, and names like that. Now, I, I would rather. MLB not be so poignant to their big markets, but I, I mean, I think we have yeah. enough ground to, or, or legs to stand on when we say that MLB usually does want to appease their bigger markets because that's where their revenue is coming from, from the most part. I right. mean, MLB is not getting extra super uber wealthy because of the Tampa Bay market. No, they're getting ex, they're getting uber super wealthy because of LA, Chicago, New York. Yeah, that stuff. Boston. At the, at the end of the day, MLB and all the stakeholders within that organization would much prefer that the Yankees are in the World Series compared to the Rays being in the World Series as far as eyeballs and revenue. That's you know just why? The way it is. Look at the postseason odds. How, it, it, and it, it bothers us race fans. You're like, how are the Yankees always like, oh, the odds to go to the World Series? The hype well, are. Well, they hype it up. And not only that, because there are more Yankee fans. So Yankee fans are going to push yeah. for their team. So because there are more, then they're going to push more of that narrative. And that's how it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's yeah. what it, it is. It's also why if you look at the national television schedule, a game on ESPN or MLB Network or whatever, it's it's the Rays very rarely get picked, even though they might be the best team in the league. It's it's always going to be the big market teams because you're trying to grab that foothold of the, the widest audience possible, which uh, I understand. I get it. Like it, it is what it is. Like it's, it's smart business practice. I mean, I would preferably, you know, want to see different teams each week on, uh, you know, the, the Sunday night baseball showcase on ESPN, but I get it. I think that's hopefully what's going to come next year when the, um, the the schedule gets a little bit more balanced and you don't have to play a team 19 times so they might not yeah. have to show a, a bunch of you know red sox yankee games on espn mm -hmm. uh but before my blood boils uh through my skin uh talking about big markets uh just for a couple more minutes i want to talk about uh that apple tv game were you able to watch uh a couple innings on it or just yeah i, I would love it? to save that though for um Ooh. our our Monday takeaway episode. We're, we're kind of oh. recording the episodes in reverse order. So, well, look at that. Let's How organic that. is this pod people? Okay. Yeah. I like it. I can't uh, wait. Yeah. Question though. Um, yeah. To Elahan's question, um, is the idea of the Rays racking up athletic contact oriented middle infield prospects in advance of banning of the shifts as sort of a way to say, Okay, you ban the shifts. That's why we need guys, athletic, super athletic guys that can cover more ground and more range without having to rely on the shift. Exactly. Because it, let's say that this is what the, 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 the banning of the shift rule will be, Alihan. So let's say, which we don't know, but if it's like two infielders have to be on the dirt 
on the left side of second base. Two infielders have to be on the right of second base Mm -hmm. on the dirt. So what you would do if you need to actually shift a guy, well, maybe if you put that shortstop right next to the bag on the left-hand side, shift a Brandon Lau a little bit towards first base, G-Man Choi or or Yandi close to the line, yeah, you're saying, well, there's going to be a big space between where Wander Franco is and Brandon Lau is. Well, if you got athletic guys like Brandon Lau and Wander Franco, they can actually get through those balls a little bit easier than, you know, guys that might not be as athletic in second base and shortstop. So that's exactly what I think. Like, that's why they've been drafting middle infielders, because those guys, if they're not going to stick around there, then they could be a third baseman. They could be a first baseman. They could be a corner outfielder and give you some athleticism. So that's I think that's point. that's exactly what they've done. Like they're 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 trying to gap that um, change from the banning of the shift. Yeah, and the uh, unintended qu- consequences of this uh, rule change of banning the shifts. I mean, we do realize that these pitchers are professionals and very advanced, and they can manipulate some of them. Manipulate how they're throwing, where they're throwing, to how the defense is set up said, okay, you're not shifted this way. You're playing more straight up. Okay, I'm going to pitch this way to make sure the ball gets closer to you. Another thing, too, is as pitchers are throwing harder and harder and harder, uh, there might be fewer guys that have the ability to pull the ball. So the balls might just go right to the defender as it is without having to utilize the shift. So that's a couple of things that you know, going down the line, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all shakes out and what the what the quote unquote ban shift actually entails. I, I hate the idea of banning the shift, but even though I hate it, I can't I, 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 I can't wait to see what it actually is and how it'll increase production offensively, because honestly, I hate the idea, but if it's going to increase production, offensive production, you got to do it. You have to do it. You can't just you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a change when it's no, it's not happening. That that would be insanity yeah. for those folks. That I, uh, I also just wonder too if you know you ban the shift, um, maybe that causes like more activity on the bases to go down where guys aren't playing straight up. If you've you know three, four infielders on one side of the field. I maybe, you know, if guys are playing more straight up, then guys are less prone to trying to steal that bag as opposed to guy, a shortstop or a second baseman or a third baseman being out of position. So uh, it'll be really interesting, like I said, to see Ooh. how it all checks out. So. But bigger bases, so maybe they do end up stealing more. No, they're, they're, they're just like throwing, they're, they're really going deep into this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this they're, is they're really trying baseball. to change the complexion of everything. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, thank you for those questions. And remember, um, we love these types of questions. You can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. You can send us a Twitter DM, an Instagram DM, a voice memo. We're big fans of the voice memo as well. So keep them firing. And if you've already asked a question, we don't care. You can ask another question. We, we love getting uh, questions from new listeners, from people that have never reached out to us, from people that reach out to us all the time. It's, uh, it's a free-for-all. Like we like to say. So, all right. Uh, Thank you for making the Lockdown Race podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will talk to you tomorrow.